Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Thoughts from Your Gal Pal podcast. My name's Clara, the gal behind the thoughts. This interview is the third that I've done this week, not including a celebrity appearance on my boss's podcast. So I am just like feeling so productive. I don't know what it's all about. It's going to run out eventually. But for now, if you want to be famous in a very, very, very small subset of people and would like to be a guest, let me know if you would reach out to me. I'm so available. It's disgusting. So reach out to me and let me know and we can set up a time. Um, Today is a much anticipated in a lot of contexts subject and the guest is also anticipated in another small subset of people. So let me give you a little background. Um, This guest today is a coworker from what I like to call my former life because I'm dramatic like that and I say that when people meet me, it's BC. It's before Clara, and I just have an outsized sense of importance in my, in my of my presence in people's lives. But this person is a coworker in my former life. Uh, my first impressions upon meeting him in 2017 was he, in a team meeting, he always stood. Like, I feel like you were always standing on that glass wall, like shuffling from foot to foot, like, when the fuck is this going to be over? Not in a way that you don't care about what's being spoken, but like the efficiency was just not there for you. So you're kind of standing there. Also, you never used a standing desk. I don't know what that's about. Maybe we can explain that later. But rather, you were just like leaning back in your office chair, rocking from side to side. And you just tell it like it is. But presently, I think of you as a beach bum, always on a boat or a beach of some sort a dog dad and your wife truly has one of the coolest names. Like, I don't know if this was incorporated into your wedding hashtag, but Chanel is so cool. Um, but it's not Chanel who's the guest. It's Mike Lopez today. So Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks, Claire. I uh, appreciate you having me on. I think I'm not a beach bum as much as I would like to be. I'm trying to aspire towards more bumminess. Um, but yeah, I think that's a, a pretty accurate, cat, I guess, impression of But you of have a me. boat, right? Yeah, well, boat, beach, dogs, all that stuff is totally accurate, and wish I could spend more time with all with all of those things. So where's your boat docked? So we're in a boat club, so think of it kind of like a country club, right? You pay monthly dues, and you get access to all 60 boats or whatever they have, and you just pay for gas. You don't have to deal with any of the maintenance or storage or anything like that, Um So the marina that we go to is about 15 minutes outside of Savannah. Um, uh, It depends how well you know Savannah, but it's on the Mm -hmm. Bull River between Wilmington Island and um, Tybee Island. And did you have to get a boating license in order to drive that thing? No. In Georgia, if you're over 21, 25, as long as you have a driver's license, you don't have to do anything special, which depending depending on uh that's terrifying what, what kind, depending on what kind of person you are is a, a really good thing or a really not good thing okay um, so other than being a beach bum and having a boating like actually you don't have a boating license having a boat uh what do you do what who are you and what do you do for fun all that good stuff yeah so we hit on a lot of it but i grew up in north carolina and mm-hmm. then went went to NC State for civil engineering, which is the job I'm in currently. After I graduated, I moved to Atlanta in 2013 for my first job out of college, which I'm still at. And then in 2020, moved to Savannah with that same job to open up a new office here. 
Um, so most of what I do for fun, honestly, we've already hit on it, is spend time on the water, whether that's the boat or the beach or just outside. Savannah's a lot of fun because there's no open container law. So you can take a drink and walk around with it and enjoy the squares and the parks. And this time of year, the nice humidity and sweaty heat that comes with that. So that's probably me in a nutshell. I'm married since 2018, so four years now. Two dogs, a corgi who's nine, and a yellow dog from the pound who is (laughs) five ish um so yeah no kids just dogs and in the boat that's for sure okay so i want to make this fair because i i had this realization that i like really out my guests but they don't really out me so i want to give you the opportunity what were your first impressions of me just to be yeah because we met in 2017 that was when i was an intern at kimley horn so that's that was five years ago it was a moment ago. Yeah, BC, like you said. And I know. I think the most, the main impression I had with you was definitely outgoing. Um, you're happy to talk, happy to have a conversation. And it seemed weird to me that you were a civil engineer, not because <laughs> you're not smart or capable or anything like that, but it seemed like you wanted to do more with your life than just be a civil engineer. Um, and so I was kind of surprised that, yeah, I guess <laughs> exhibit a right sitting right in front of me, but I think that was the main thing for me is, you know, kind of, as we talked, just, it's, I was surprised you landed in that education path. Um, again, not cause you weren't able to do it, but just, it mm. didn't seem like, it just didn't seem like a personal passion of yours. It's not, no offense. I think yeah. it's incredible what people do, but no. That's like, I have a lot of respect for people in the engineering world and I do appreciate a good design. I love a sidewalk and a landscape zone, but I don't know if I want to design it. So yeah, exhibit A, that's where we are. Um, But we did work together for several years, both when I was an intern and full time, we were living in that same ecosystem at the Biltmore, which are no longer there. So to do a little bit of a warm up, not to be that, not that this is show choir practice, but I thought we could do a game where we ping pong email sign-offs because the topic of today is office culture norms that need to die. And I, I mean, you've had an evolution in your career in that you've moved up, you've gotten your PE, you've started a new office, but from one sense, you're in a pretty, I'm not going to say conservative, a traditional office world. COVID probably shook that up. But for me, I almost, not that I have a lot of perspective because I know I'm like young and neophile and like, I'm not that important, but I do, I kind of have seen how different things operate in different types of working environments. So I feel like we're going to have come from two sides of the coin there. I feel like you're maybe, you have to maybe put up with more bullshit, but just to get us started off, let's use, let's do the email sign off game. So I'm going to say an email sign off and then you are, and whoever can't come up with the last one loses. So I will start with my personal favorite. Thanks, Clara. I usually go with thanks, Mike, but if you've taken thanks, uh, an easy one is thank you. Thank you. Okay, mine's best. Warmest regards. Regards. Respectfully. Very respectfully. Until next time. <laughs> Sincerely. Um, oh, gosh, what are some other ones I've seen? Ten. Um, 
I like the ones that have Bible verses in them. Yeah, um, that's, I, weird. that's not that's not necessarily a um... no. That's a whole other group. Is <laughs> yeah. what that is. Yeah, that's kind of the next step. No, it's um, like in his like in his vein or like with yeah, God for looking his, over for us. his glory. <laughs> for, for his, his glory. glory, I've seen that one. Is that seen still that alive and well? Because yeah, holy... there's been yeah, there's been some uh, pushback on trying to get it standardized, but it doesn't matter how many times you send out the the standard formatting, somebody oh still God. finds a way to do something different. To do something crazy. Okay, that was a good warm up, but also like the, the my favorite is like people who do seasonal quotes at the bottom mm, of their yeah. thing like they'll have like holiday things the best is city employees like that's who our taxes are going for and they're there like on freaking word paint like customizing the color of their their signature i'm just like why right now mine is i don't i usually don't say anything i'm just like thanks clara um and then i have my email signature which is literally my I'm I'm joining you from my personal laptop, which I use for my job. Like we're just in yeah. a different realm here, and I have my cell phone number because I don't have a work phone. Like my office yeah. is my desk, so I don't have company standards to adhere to. Um, yeah. But I do think, gosh, some people they just go crazy with the email signature. So what I've done yeah. is I've identified, kind of going into the meat of the interview eight topics that we will discuss. I want to know your mindset on this and then I'll share some thoughts as well. Yeah. To keep us honest, I'm going to have my, let me, let's, what? This is going to be really on the fly. What do we want the alarm? So I'm going to set a three minute timer for us to talk about it. Can you hear that? Yeah. That's boring. That's boring. Let's the stand, do the standard iPhone alarm. Oh, we're going to do presto. Okay. So for each topic, um, I'll introduce it and then we'll set a timer and I'll see what you have to say about it. I feel like I have yeah. a lot to say about this thing. So topic number one, and oh, by the way, these are formed from crowdsourcing via Instagram. So I have come up with some of these, but most of them have been from you listeners or from friends, friends, families, hinge dates and relatives, as I like to say. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, weigh in, weigh in in the comments. Yeah. I don't know where we can comment. Okay. First one, the mindset that the more you work, the better you are at your job or the more hardworking you are and competitive busyness. Um, as a sub bullet to this, somebody said like being the most overworked person in a salary job really means nothing. Um, yeah. But Mike, timer begins. What do you think about yeah. this? So I think it depends. Nobody should work or be busy just for the sake of working, right? But there's certainly roles where the more time you spend doing something, whatever it is, that's going to directly translate into more experience, a larger skill set. And that in some positions means you get to do the next thing sooner than the guy next to you, the guy or gal next to you. Right. And so, you know, I agree. I don't think with my team, I don't care if you're, how many hours you're there. Right. I'd rather you be more efficient. Right. I don't want you to drag an eight hour task into a 10 hour task just so that I'm like, man, that guy was here till seven o'clock working. He must be working hard, mm -hmm. but you know, if you can do the same amount of work in a lesser amount of time, that's what it's about to me, right? Is whether or not you're taking on additional work beyond that or additional tasks faster. Um, I think it's more about that, you know, how, how much work do you get into the hour versus how many hours does it take you to do the work? I'll, I'll counter that with being in consulting, which you are, 
hours translate to effort, translate to what you're billing. That's the product. Yeah. So there, I mean, like, it's the kind of thing where the faster you do it, the more you're going to get. Like, what? when does it end for you? Yeah. Like, what's your limit yeah. of like, okay, I can do what, you know, Jenny does in seven hours. Yeah. I can do it in five. So then I'll get two more hours of work. But then they're going to be like, oh, my God, Mike's so good. Here's nine hours of work. Where, like, yeah, where does me, the buck I stop? Mean, I'm fortunate in my position that I'm, I guess, have the ability to say no. I have the ability to say, no, I'm not taking that on or no, I can't do that. For me, I mean, I don't work. I mean, we track all our hours, right? Because we're selling mm -hmm. time. I don't work more than 45 hours a week, 44 hours a week, probably um, on average, right? Over the course of the year, there's some weeks that's going to be more and there's some weeks where it's going to be closer to 40, but I've got that flexibility to work when I need to and then dial back when I don't. And so I think a lot of it depends on your company. It depends on your product. It depends on your yep. role. Mm -hmm. But I don't think anybody should be chained to a desk for 40 hours if they can do their work in 30 or 35, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but the flip side of that is, well, to your point, do you take on, you finish your work in 30 hours, are they going to give you 10 more hours? Yeah. Um, and I think it, again, it depends on, people have different goals, right? Some people are happy doing what they're doing and doing that for the next 30 years of their career. And some people mm. want to cram more into their, you know, the, the more you do in a lot of roles, you're going to get more opportunity quicker um, because you're doing in 40 hours what the guy next to you did in, you know, 50 or 60 or whatever it is. Um, but again, I think it's just, it depends on what you want and you don't have to want to work 45 or 50 or 60 hours a week just to say you did. And a lot of times it doesn't come with the rewards that people think it might, you know? Um, no. So yeah, with that, I, I stopped the timer cause I'm a perpetual, like I'm the person on the microwave that stops it at three seconds. Cause I don't like loud noises. Yeah. I recently, I think self-diagnosed as a highly sensitive person. You should go down that rabbit hole one time. I've never felt more seen, but kind of with the idea of you said you have choices, um, this is the second one somebody wrote in, um, flexible hours are being some like wild perk. Fuck off. You should be able to, able to work around your daily schedule and needs so long as you finish your work and attend your meetings. So with that, that's obviously really different now with work from yeah. home COVID. Um, what do you think about flexible hours as a draw for gr like do getting employees? And then do you think that there is still value to going into an office and working several hours, like a certain set hours? So I think you have to have some flexibility policy just to recruit talent. It's a, it's a very yeah. competitive market right now, especially in the construction industry that I'm in. And you've got to be willing to be flexible. I think that the amount of flexibility depends on the nature of really the nature of your work, right? Like there's some stuff that's just really hard for me to do from home. Right. Like, what is it? it, it teach somebody how to teach somebody how to design a stormwater system, right. Or yeah. do, you know, heavy civil engineering design. That's really difficult to teach somebody over teams or zooms or I am or something like that. Um, and then some of our stuff, we, I mean, we use a lot of Autodesk products that are heavy, yeah. you know, heavy software demands that just don't 
tunnel well. They don't, the VPN doesn't run quite right. It's gotten a lot better in the past yeah. two years, but there's still just some technical limitations you're up against when you're in, you know, using some of these heavier software packages. So all that said, there's plenty of stuff that we can do from home totally fine, right? Mm. If you're writing a report, if you're doing Excel, right, you know, there's things that if I'm writing a proposal or a contract, you know, word processing, this is easy to do from home. And I want my team to have that flexibility. But a lot of them, a lot of them haven't quite <laughs> yet learned that difference. And oh, no. you'll see them when they go home and they're like, a guy yesterday was work. he was, and he was sick, right? And so, you know, he was like, hey, I'm not going to come in. I'm going to try to work from home, which please do that, right? Yeah, please yeah, do yeah, not yeah. come into, please do not come into the office if you're sick. No, um, no. But he was having issues with his, with his software and his computer. And he was like, I just can't work like this. I'm coming into the office Friday, right? And so he, you've kind of got to let people figure that out for themselves in some ways is, if they're smart and they want to be good at their job, they're going to figure out the things they can do effectively from home and the things they need to be in, in person for. Um, especially but I if think it's a the point you're saying, like having that flexibility is huge in recruiting talent. Cause like, I'm just thinking of all the yeah. zoomers, which I like somewhat identify with. Like someone said I had to be in, like if, if Kim Lee Horn, love you, you help me in a lot of ways, but if, that value proposition was giving to me now in the climate we live in, I'd be like, hell no, no, I'm yeah. not going to only work from one place. Like that's shocking. But that was not the case three years ago. Like we've had such monumental shifts in what's considered normal and it's not a perk anymore. Like it has to be yeah. a, a requirement. So let's go to the next one. Um, this is more of the minutia of work, but Sending someone a message with the expectation that they'll reply to you urgently. I think the best quote in this is, don't let your poor planning become my emergency. What are your thoughts on that, especially being in construction when there's nothing like a contractor who's calling you at 7 a.m.? 100% agree with that. Sometimes in our industry, it is a true emergency where there's... Uh, yeah, no, it is. <laughs> you know, <laughs> hundreds or thousands of dollars at risk, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But 98 times out of 100, it's not, right? It's mm. somebody, dropped, somebody dropped the ball, somebody didn't realize they needed this permit, or somebody didn't order the thing when they were supposed to order the thing. Um, so, you know, I think a big thing depends on the format of the message. If you need something immediately, you better be calling over, you know, shoot me an IM or give me a phone call, right? If you're sending me an email, I mean, that to me is, you know, not a not an urgent ask, right? I'll get to the email yeah. when I work through my backlog. Um, but I think a good way to head that off is just answering them, right? Like you don't have to do the thing they're asking, but just take two minutes and send a reply and say, hey, I got your message. I'll get this to you by end of day tomorrow or end of the week or next week or whatever it is, because then they're, you know, that might not be the answer they want they're to placated. hear. placated. Yeah, but at least they're going to maybe hopefully stop calling you. Um, and I think another big thing about it is just setting boundaries. As soon as you set that expectation that you're going to reply like that, right, whether it's 7 a.m. or 7 p.m. or you're on vacation or you're out of the country, that's the expectation that um, they're going to have for the foreseeable future, right, is they're going to know, oh, she's on PTO, but she's not really on PTO. She'll still pick up her phone if, if, I, if I call, right? Um, and so... Why do people even push that boundary, though? That's gross to me. Like, come on, guys. But I guess if it's an emergency, yeah. like, 
and your your p1 that you're saying is gonna answer all everything in the meantime doesn't answer like i get it people will be crazy but i mean i think how do you say like do you schedule emails for the next like if you're checking emails in the evening like when you have dinner do you like how do you enforce those boundaries i don't check emails when i'm having dinner right like so i yeah. would rather stay if i've got to do work I yeah. will stay at the office until 6.30, 7.30, 8 o'clock and do that work so that when I come home, it's done, right? Mm. Um, versus it, it sometimes, you know, if it's a Friday or th- you know, if I'm working from home, that's different, right? But, like, if I'm at the office all day, I really try to wrap up at the office and not bring work home with me. So that's one way I do it. That's a compartmentalization. Um, that's good. Another way I do it is, like, you've just got to at some point ask yourself, you know, how many fucks do I have to give about this thing? Right. Yeah. Um, I think it was like Carly or somebody who told me that is like, where are your fucks today? Like some days you're going to have more fucks to give than other days and that's okay. And you just got to say, look, is what happens if I don't do this thing? Right. Is the sun going to rise tomorrow? Right. Is the world going to keep spinning? Is anybody going to die? And you know, yeah, that's a little dramatic, but if you Mm. take a step back and say really how important is this, a lot of times the answer is not, not very. Um, and so just trying to kind of have that perspective is important. Okay. Next. Speaking of fucks to give, what are your thoughts on things being marked? I I'm going to call this section false promises. When something is called a lunch and learn presentation with no food vouchers are given, it's actually a meeting or presentation. Call it like it is. That's just like false promises in corporate world in a nutshell. (laughs) Yeah, so I've heard I've heard lunch and learn, which to me suggests there's going to be lunch there. There'll be lunch and, provided. And then I've also heard brown bag, which to me suggests bring your own lunch, right? Bring it in your brown paper bag. Um, I do understand the. I, I think the false promises we could we could hit on, but yeah, I understand not wanting to go to a lunch meeting thinking there's going to be lunch there and then there's not. Um, yeah. So like, I think that just comes back to communication, right? In, in whoever's sending also, out that meeting. Also, what's, what's the best lunch and learn catering and what's the worst? The worst is pizza. I See, I don't mind pizza. Um, it's so but messy. It, it is messy. Your hands. Yeah. Um, I like the like taco bar, the nacho bar, but that's also very messy. Oh, um, messy. And so you just don't give I, any fucks about what the, potentially I mean, might be hungry. The, the, the most efficient like is just like boxed lunches, right? Whether it's sandwiches or salads or Panera. something like that. I yeah. love Panera box lunch. I fuck yeah, with that. Exactly. And that's an easy grab and go. Um, so what so do I you mean by communication though? Like just like setting the ex- bag, bring your own? Set, yeah, or setting the expectation, right? When the email or the meeting invite or whatever goes out, just say, Hey, is there's gonna be lunch or bring your own lunch or if there's no if there's no lunch expectation at all, it needs to be just called a meeting or something like that, right? Yeah. And yeah. You know, are we having it at noon because that's the only time that was available to have this meeting? Maybe. Um, But yeah, I think it, you know, to your point of false promises, it's, you know, if people show up expecting lunch and there's not lunch, they're going to start to feel misled, right? And and I think the biggest thing worse than that because then I'm so hungry and it's 1 30 and I'm scrambling to go order something because I thought, also, like, if you're trying to sell me something, like, at least give me some bait, you know? Yeah. Like that well, most see, of these lunch and learn people are vendors trying to in our industry, your attention. In our industry, the vendors are going to bring lunch, right? Cause they know oh, that's yeah. the only way to get people to get butts in seats. 
Um, <laughs> and that's worth it to me. Like I'll go listen to you talk about patio pavers for an hour if you're going to feed me, right? I don't care. <laughs> Um, how but yeah. could, I cannot believe you can make an entire hour out of patio pavers or like pervious pavement. No, or you, you, like you how, can't. You how shouldn't. many stormwater detention brown bags did, or life yeah. learns that I sit in? Like, oh, what's the difference between the stackable uh, <laughs> detention system? Yeah. I was like, how is this this? Like, how? And okay, what shocks me is that's their job. Like, they, they're not just doing yeah. that with us, they're doing that three days a week all across metro atlanta that's their yeah. shit i'm like that yeah it's horrifying to me but i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't want to do it that's for sure no okay so next one this is one that i i got a lot and i'm definitely definitely interested to hear what you have to say when the office is a family what do you think about that term that's also about good communication do we agree or disagree what are your thoughts on that I think it's an odd thing to aspire to in general, right? Um, <laughs> I want to get along with my coworkers. Hopefully I like some of them. I mean, I'm, I'm good friends with a lot of people from my job, yeah, uh, but there's more people that are just coworkers. And the only reason we're all there together is because we need to make a paycheck and we're in the same field, right? Um, so I, I think family is a weird term. I don't know. Also, my family is so dysfunctional. Like, I don't want that to be in this working well, relationship. A lot of corporations are dysfunctional. Not even just corporations. Yeah, a lot of a lot of jobs in general are dysfunctional. dysfunctional. Yeah. Uh, so maybe it is more applicable than we really want it to be. But yeah, I don't. Do you know? I don't even know where it came from. I don't know if it was like a yeah. When did when did this term yeah. become so common? Because I just feel like it's so. I, I think that this is like very much seen in fin, not fintech, but like Google, Apple, where they're like startup, oh, Silicon Valley. Yeah. yeah. They will yeah. provide you lunch and dinner there so that you stay there more. Like, I feel like when you start blurring the lines between, and like Kimley Horn is the queen of like creating marriages in a company. So, like, yeah. sometimes <laughs> it does really happen. That being said, yeah. Like, yeah. I think when you delve and you go into family realm, that's when there aren't those boundaries. That's when I am yeah. too emotionally invested and like my social life and my yeah. my confidence and my time all goes to my company. I don't think that that has ever been like societally possible because one, like you weren't able to work remote and also yeah. people are delaying having kids and getting married and all the things. Um, so I think that that family mentality stemmed from um, keeping you butts in seats, keeping you at your desk for as long as possible because you're a family. You love these people. Why not devote 70 hours of your life a week to them? Like it's for the common yeah. good. And I think it's like a, I think personally that it's a way of manipulating people into having a more vested stake in this for-profit corporation rather than it just, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not about I it. I mean, I think like when you, when you ask people, you know, why are you working late? Why are you working hard? A lot of times it's not, I'm trying to make more money for the shareholders. It's I'm doing it to help out the person next to me. Right. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not here helping them, you know, if, if we both stay, we can be done by eight, but if I leave them, they're going to be here till midnight. And so maybe it's, it's part of that is trying to get that kind of buy-in, um, 
some of the, and like maybe not in an evil way, you know, but I think there's part of that in any team is, you know, trying to help out the people next to you so that, you know, just as a human connection more than, more than a family, yeah. right? I think we need to ban that word and maybe come up with a, a different term. Um, so we talked yeah. a little bit about yeah. um, our, or not ours. What did we talk about? Lunch and learns being an hour. Um, AI, okay. Assuming meetings should be one hour. It should literally never be one hour. And subculture, sub bullet points to this is Friday meetings and meetings after 4 p.m. Where do we stand on it? Yeah, so I 100% am against Friday meetings. That's the day I try to catch up. Um, we theoretically have half-day Fridays, which if I can get out by 1 o'clock on a Friday or 2 o'clock, that's a great Friday. Um, mm -hmm. But a lot of times I'll just block off my calendar, right? And so if somebody really wants to schedule a meeting, they can reach out and say, hey, are you free, right? Um, but it, depending on what it is, I, I may say, yeah, I'll help you, or, or no, I, let's catch up Monday. Because um, Fridays are days where everyone's trying to do the things they said, I'll get that to you this week, um, and clean out their email inbox or, or get organized for, for Monday. So I'm against Friday meetings 100%. Um, same about after 4 p.m. Nobody wants to go to a meeting that late unless it's a happy hour. And even if it's a happy hour, you still might not want to go, depending on who's attending. Um, I, you know, I think there's some meetings that maybe need to be an hour, but if it gets beyond that, it needs to be a work session or something like that. What meetings need to be an hour, Mike? I think it's more about collaborating, right? If okay, you're trying yeah. to solve a problem and work through something, there's no reporting meeting that needs to be an hour, right? Okay. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's a meeting that you get, you know, the classic, this should have been an email. There's plenty of that still that I think um, could, you know, be improved. But again, we're in a, I'm in a team environment. So like there's plenty of yeah. times where I'll schedule like a meeting for two hours or something like that, but it might be two hours to sit and work through a problem with one or two people. Right. It's right. not an, it's not an all staff, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 people in there. Um, it's a more targeted, you know, work session and, and probably should be called that. Yeah, I agree. I think for reporting meetings and I think like having been in design build civil engineering for just a couple of years, there are huge, like, I think that type of like collaboration huddling over a table that is so real and is, has its yeah. place in architectural like any sort of design industry but where yeah. i'm working now where it's like client facing and i'm just updating or answering questions like when people are trying to come up with the questions during the meeting i want to gouge my eyes out because i'm like yeah take 10 minutes beforehand to write like don't have a meeting to yeah. figure out what you want to talk about like yeah do and some I think a individual of, brainstorming beforehand a lot of that is a function of people not preparing Right. Yes, that, I mean, that's what you're saying is, is they haven't read the email you sent. They haven't looked at the information you sent and they're asking you to basically tell them what you've already communicated. Um, and so I think that's a, a big frustration is um, and it's to your point, if it's a client, I mean, what are you going to do? Tell them to. F off. Fuck off. Probably not. Yeah. Thanks <laughs> like, for paying me, but fuck yeah. off. <laughs> and so, you know, you do at some point have to kind of suck it up, but um, 
the more you can do to kind of shape that meeting and, and, and hold to an agenda, right? I mean, come with an agenda that has, you know, 10 minutes for this, 10 minutes for this, 10 minutes for this. And you can do like you're doing right now and say, okay, time's up. We got to move to the next thing. And time is up. Yeah, exactly. It at one second. So with that lack of communication, what do you think about people, especially higher up people, straight up just ignoring your questions and emails? And with that, like email etiquette. So what is your opinion on see below with no context per my last email? Where do you stand on that? And just in general, like totally ignoring emails. Yeah. So I think um, I've tried to get better at this throughout my career is I really want to explain all the awesome things that we did and how we got here. And what, here's all the you know novella background of, what you need to know. And then at the bottom, it's two sentences telling them what they really care about, right? So I've tried to flip that, right? And say, hey, Mr. Client, here's what you need to know. There's more information, you know, more information follows, right? And then if they want to go read the three or four paragraphs, they can. Um, but I think, you know, I, I'm bad about hiding questions in a wall of text, right? And writing, you know, a paragraph and then ending with a question and then another paragraph. And so many people do email from their phones now that if you don't get them in that first two lines, you know, hey, I need an action from you, then you're not going to get them. Um, because if it's on, if it's not on that first screen, they're going to, they're going to miss it. Um, I do bullets and numbering for everything. I was like, next yep. steps needed from you or questions so I can continue. Do, 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 do. One, two, three, four, yeah. five. Let me know. Because and I'm, some I'm, just I'm all about bullet lists. I cannot see paragraphs. Like that's when I'm reading my books. And I love email, right? I am better with email. I'm like, if somebody calls me, I'm like, you need to put it in an email or it's not going to get done. Cause that's how I manage my tasks. But there's plenty of people who just don't communicate well with email. And the unfortunate, the way you can best be a communicator is figure out how the other person wants to be communicated with, right? It's not how I want to communicate with you, Clara, if I'm trying to get you to do something. It's how you want me to communicate with you. And too many people communicate how they're comfortable, whether mm -hmm. it's text or, and I, I love text. I hate talking on the phone, right? I don't want to do it. I'd rather text or email. But a lot of my clients, I can get way more action out of them in a five minute phone call than a 30 chain email thread. Um, and so, you know, Again, if you've got a senior partner who's just ignoring your email, call them on the call phone. Them. And that's uncomfortable for some people, but the more you do it, the more comfortable you get with it. I, I even think doing this podcast and doing more public speaking, I've never had a problem public speaking, but getting to the point in terms, like I had to call, schedule an oil change and practicing, yeah. hi, my name's Clara Jennings. I've been into your facility before. I have a 2009 Honda Civic. I'm looking to get an oil change. Then yeah. I'm pr I'm answering all of their questions before they get it. It's not like, hey, how's it going? Yeah. Hey, how can we help you? Yeah, I need an oil change. What's your name? Like you just, pr like yeah. you answer all the things. And if you're yeah. feeling, I mean, I know you like email. I think I'm the opposite of, I, I hate email. I hate email. I hate me. <laughs> I like phone calls. Um, but I read a book called, um, shit, what's it called? And the time is going off. That is like shocking. Um, Deep Work by Cal Newport. I think Micah Hatley read it. Um, but now my my boss at my other new job recommended it. I've read it twice, but it talks about how um, 
emails can just be like your human information movers and like what's the, yeah. like the actual product that you, Mike Lopez, deliver is construction. Like you yeah. design construction documents. How do you get more of that work? And for you, you're not going to be grading a site. You're going to be reviewing your four engineers that are designing yeah. it and making sure that it's going to work. But like, I think as you get higher up, it's more communication and less task-based. So yeah. if you can find a way to improve how frequently people respond to you and the quality of the responses. And like, I, I think like, ugh, love you to death clay, but he would sometimes text me or call me on my cell phone. And I'm like, I don't, I'm not a person that has my phone at my desk at all times. Like I don't want to be texting while working, call my work number. But yeah. I, and then I would miss it anyway. I like had to learn how to work with him. Love you. Clay. And a big thing, like, I don't think anybody is going to be upset or offended if you just ask that question and be like, yeah. Hey, we're working on this project together. What's the best way to communicate? How do you like to be communicated with? And in three minutes, you'll probably figure it out versus having to go back and forth for two weeks and say, well, you don't seem to like email. Does you like, I have some clients that love to text me. Some I'll text back and some I won't. Right. Do you have and, a work phone? Uh, no, no, not a work cell phone. Uh, -uh. Okay. um, and so again, it just comes back to setting boundaries, I, I think. Um, and again, just being effective communication can solve a lot of tensions that we have. Um, but but some people I, it don't like to tell cliche. like it is, Mike. That's just yeah, yeah. I mean, it, well, that comes back to what did you call it? False promises or something? Well, yes. you know, it, it doesn't work if if people are being dishonest. I mean, that's that's true yeah. in in most. <laughs> most things okay so speaking of communication after hours communication what do you think about happy hours or after work schmoozing being required to move up or get more connections in a company um this is again yeah. blending personal and professional time what do you think yeah i think it's really what that is is relationship building right mm -hmm. and there are ways to build relationship well I'm not saying this at all organizations, but there should be ways to build relationships outside of having to go get drinks with your boss, right? Um, and I think the unfortunate or fortunate, depending on who you are, reality is humans are social creatures. We're going to remember the people that we have connections with, and a whole lot of humanity is based on eating and drinking together, right? Um and so I'm not saying that's right or proper or how it should be, but I do mm -hmm. think that's a, an unfortunate reality. I don't know how you change that. Um, you I think work the, remote for a company that's based in Atlanta and you live in Chicago. That's yeah, yeah, you probably have a better idea, right? Um, but I've I mean, never I, done that with my current boss, but we also like, I think by the nature of working for a podcast marketing company is that we talk a lot. Um, and I'm like, I just hosted a podcast with him. Like that's fun yeah. too. Um, yeah. but, and then my other job is I drink for the job. So yeah, there's plenty, <laughs> yeah, right? of, there's plenty of that. Yeah. So I think it's more, I mean, mm -hmm. smoozing is a, is an unfortunate word, but probably accurate. Um, no, it's, but it's yeah. more about, it's more about building relationships. Right. And so figuring out how you can build those relationships, you know, is it going to lunch or is it going to breakfast, right? Or is it, yeah. hey, I, you know, I don't want to, is there a way you can do that within your working hours to get more of that FaceTime rather than having to go suck up at the bar, you know, after work? 
Yeah, and I think it could be isolating for people who, for whatever reason, don't drink, they're pregnant, whatever, yep. like that. It, when that's the only option, like that's why um, it's so funny when I think back to working at Kimberly Horn because I'm like, my favorite memories are like the social events that I planned, not the work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when I was like, oh, everybody come and do a cycling class with me for my, like it was the last day that I yeah. worked. And I'm like, this is so fun because it's going to grab a different audience of people who maybe for whatever it is and don't drink, but are athletic and want to do a spin class and like get a little competitive. That is way, like, I think, I think that people who are in an HR or some sort of like staff morale building role yeah. could be challenged to be more creative in the way that they bring their co their colleagues together. Yeah. And I'll say too, you know, it's becoming more, this sounds terrible to say, it's becoming more socially acceptable not to drink, right? Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of bars that have mocktails on their menu. True, yeah. Um, I mean, there's a, there are a few people I work with in Savannah who aren't heavy drinkers. And we went out, um, some people were in town from Atlanta on Thursday and we went out and two people just got non-alcoholic cocktails, right? And nobody, yeah. they still came and participated and nobody, or at least I didn't think any different of them, right? I'm like, okay, right. I, I don't care if you're, you know, recovering or pregnant or just don't want the calories, right? Yeah. <laughs> or, or you, you have know? a run in the morning. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and so I, I would like to hope that most people, and it may be industry to industry, but I would hope most people wouldn't look down on a coworker for coming to a, a bar, which is an, is an uncomfortable place to be if you're not going to drink. I mean, I think in a lot yeah. of ways that's, that's more or should be looked at more strongly that you're willing to go sit at the bar or, oh, or yeah. happy hour. And that's why, and, like when I'm yeah. serving my customers at the bar on Friday nights um, and someone's like, oh no, I'm good. I'm always like, oh, can I get you a seltzer water with lime? Cause I'm like, I want you to be participating. Yeah. And then I like triple check with the bartenders where I'm like, put two straws in that one. Cause, oh my God, I'm gonna be so fucking mad at myself if I break someone's sobriety by accident yeah and yeah. also like good for them for like being the dd or just like coming out and hanging out with their friends in yeah. and like it's we I think that as just a society we should try to be more open to different types of socialization than yeah. just drinking that being said I'm the only I will always get two drinks like I will yeah. minimum <laughs> like yeah. that's not me um, okay. Anything that we didn't get to that you want to talk about? I don't Anything think so. that really I, piss you off. I don't think so. I mean, I think the the biggest thing is like, if you're unhappy with something at your office job, I mean, you got to do, try to do something to change it. Right. It, mm -hmm. it might not go anywhere, but if you don't tell anybody, it's certainly not going to change. And depending on what you do or where you work or, what your role is, how much change you can really impact is going to be different. And it might sure. not be a whole lot, especially if you're earlier on in your career. But as you get more senior, you can start to steer that ship a little bit more, even if it's not the whole company, at least your your immediate team that you're interacting with day to day. And a lot of, it's very unlikely that somebody at an executive level is going to come out and say, all right, here's all the changes we're making. They're going to triple down to our organization, right? No more happy hours, no more meetings on Friday, you know, no more calling the company a family. All the things we talk about, <laughs> it's going to have to kind of happen from the people who are living it. And I think being creating an environment for people to feel comfortable and speaking up goes a long way to that. And most people I think want 
to help other people, but sometimes they might not know how. And so if you've got a bad manager or boss or coworker, right, there's probably other people around you that you can talk to about a way to help manage some of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, being stuck at a job that you hate is not fun. And so, you know, I just encourage people to feel, you know, empowered to, to speak up and also understand that nothing's going to change overnight and you might not get the answer you want and you're going to have to be okay with that. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it, a job. It, it, yeah, yeah. If they're paying you to be there, it's probably not something people are willing to do for free, right? <laughs> those are hobbies. Those are hobbies. <laughs> yeah, those are hobbies. Those are passion projects. That's this. Yeah. I like to do this. I don't get paid yeah. for this, but it's like I have no qualms about it. Um, of course. No, that's great. And I also, I mean, I think that I, I will advocate on the opposite side. If you're really not liking it, just fucking quit. Like yeah. get another job. Like, th- like I think we sometimes narrow ourselves so much of like, this is what I study. This is what I have to do. Like, yeah, you're going to maybe not make as much money or there's going to be yeah. other challenges that will come up. But like, if you're really unhappy and you've tried and tried and tried, but just like the nature of yep. where you're living or where you're working, like if you're working at a consulting firm and hate it, quit. If you're working at a, like, f- like that's the, that's the fallacy of offices of family. No, it's not. Cause they will replace you. And you, like, I have amazing relationships with everybody that I used to work with at all the different companies. And it's like, it's cause I think at the end of the day, people want to help you. And if by helping you is releasing you from this company, <laughs> not firing yeah. you, that might be a little savage, but like is saying like, good, good on you. Bye. Farewell. Have a good journey. Yeah. Like then that's that. And, um, I think a lot of this, shittiness that we can analyze and rant, vent and rant about can like, I don't really, I don't really have this. I only have like four coworkers now, but I don't really have this with any of my coworkers. I have it with my clients and that's huge. Cause I'm like, I'm not really up against a lot of resistance internally in my team. Yeah. Now it's always like, how can we educate our client to answer their own question? Like we're all on a united front because we agree that these things are stupid. Yeah, so with that, I think I'll that's end a good it. way to put it. Um, Mike, where can people find you? I'm kidding. No, what, 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 yeah. what can you recommend? Anything. What can I recommend? Um, I know that's not on the discussion questions. I, I think don't take yourself too seriously. I think that's just something we all could learn. Um, you know, I, I think what you said is a good one is, is, I mean, I have a hard job. I have a high stress job. You do. If, if uh, you've got to be able to compartmentalize at some point, right? And you got to be willing to say, look, that's work. I'll set it down. It'll be there tomorrow. And then go out and do the things that bring you joy. Um, I think it's very few people who get to do what they love for work. Um, I envy those people. I think if you can do it, that's awesome. The jobs don't tend to pay too well a lot of times. And so you've got to make that decision. Do I want to have a whole bunch of money or do I want to do what I'm passionate about? And both of those are totally valid. There's not a right answer. Um, and most people are kind of somewhere in the middle, right? They'll find something that pays them enough to be comfortable that they can, you know, hopefully enjoy parts of it, if not all of it. Um, and I think you've got to be okay that, you know, your definition of what success is and what makes you happy may not be the same as the person next to you. And, that's okay. 
Um, so don't put more stress on yourself than, than, uh, than society and your friends and your family and, you know, your job is, is already putting on you. I know. Yeah. Right on. Well, with that, I'm going to say goodbye. I'm excited to edit this. And thank you, Mike. You're welcome.